Um, well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Tuscaloosa First Assembly. Um, Pastor was here this morning. You missed him. If you came a little late, um, him and Miss Brenda are on their way to Colorado, and uh, they're going to be gone about 10 days. And so pray for them. Pray that they have a good, safe trip. Uh, pray that they don't catch COVID um, and that they can just enjoy their family. And uh, I do want to uh, wish a happy birthday to Mr. Jim in the house. Important birthday for him. Just had to shout you out a little bit. Um, I do want to say this, man, I miss, like, I'm not a hugger for the most part. Like, you know, I, I like to be around people. But I tell you what, I just want to hug everybody in this room. I miss you guys. I miss being able to hang out all the time. And uh, so ready for the day when that comes back, okay? Um, but this morning, we are going to tag team. Me and Pastor Nora are going to tag team this morning a little bit. But I want to open up with a little bit of a story. Um, kids, kids are in the room. Look what I got here. Mm. This is a family-size Oreo container. And uh, if you would like an Oreo and it's okay with your parents, you can come see me after service. Uh, but for those of you that know me, I grew up loving to um, prank people. And um, the main prank, you know, I did a lot of pranks, but one of the biggest pranks I used to do was rolling people's house. You know, and we used to get my youth pastor all the time, man. We were just like, we were bored on the weekend. Be like, let's go buy some toilet paper and, you know, we could walk to his house. So we did that a lot. And uh, we would like roll his house and that'd be fun. Ha ha. There's a few other things we did. But then I became a youth pastor. And I had students. And uh, I had these students when I was in Mobile that uh, it took them about a year, but they decided to roll my house. And I was like, ha ha. Okay, good job. That's funny. Well, uh, one of the traditions they have is uh, on homecoming week during football season, uh, like everybody gets rolled. So they rolled me again. And I was like, ha ha, but I found out who it was this time. I was calling uh, by the name of Jay. That's not his name, but I'll call him Jay. He was the ring leader here. Well, like a few days later, my house gets rolled again. <laughs> now it's payback time, okay? <laughs> like... Okay, you get me once, that's good. So I had all these guys, I was trying to figure out who it is. They're like, Jay did it, Jay did it, Jay did it. Jay actually didn't do it. The people who told me Jay did it actually did it, but they rolled with me. So we rolled down to his house, and I like, you know, I like to do funny pranks. And I don't like to do like harmful, hateful, like make people clean up a lot of mess or anything. So I like to get like stuff like Oreos, get creative. And this is not giving anybody any ideas, kids. Yes, okay, cool. Um, but I like to get Oreos, and uh, I went to Jay's house. Me and these guys, they were rolling his house. I took these Oreos, and you can split them in half and lick them and stick them on the windows of his car. So that's what I was doing. I was, on, I was like going around the side of his car, lick, stick, lick, stick. And the whole time I was feeling good because he had done rolled my house twice, or at least I thought he had. And so, um, you know, it's, it's nighttime. We're doing this. They're all rolling. Out of nowhere, okay, I'm on the back of his car. I'm just minding my own business, licking, sticking, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> These nice Oreos here. Had a family pack. And I turn to my side, and Jay is looking at me, and I'm looking at him. He didn't realize I was there. I didn't realize he was there. So my first reaction is to jump. His first reaction is to lunge <laughs> and try to tackle me. He missed, thankfully. So we all take off running. And uh, we go and hide, and he goes back inside, and we do what anybody would have done. We go back and start rolling his house again, because <laughs> we weren't finished. And I still had more Oreos to stick. So I start um, doing that again, and then uh, he comes back out, this time with a taser, 
And so we didn't take off running. Funny story, there's a lot more that happened that night. I can't get all into it. But you know what? Um, I, I say that to say I don't have a spiritual point for the Lord. Just saying. <laughs> but um, um, there are times when people do things to us that hurt us. Kids, y'all agree? Has anybody ever done anything make you mad? Okay, make you angry, make you want to get revenge or get them back. And that was kind of the case with me. I don't like to uh, start pranks, but I do like to finish. And I like to up, one-up everybody when they get me. So just keep that in mind. I see y'all nodding at me. Some of y'all coming up in youth pretty soon. Okay. But I want to read this verse to you uh, this morning. Then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Nora for a minute, a few minutes. Um, it's in Luke. We're going to be in uh, Luke chapter 17. And we will also be in Ephesians chapter 4. So if you want to hold those two places, uh, that's Luke chapter 17 will be our main text, but we'll also be in Ephesians chapter 4. And I'll be reading out the New Living Translation today, especially with the family kids service. It's a little bit easier to read. And so uh, it should be on the screen. Y'all ready? Everybody ready? Come on. Again, the energy is here this morning. Um, All right. Verse 3 says this, Luke 17 verse 3. So watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then, if there's repentance, forgive. Now, I do want to point out, this does not mean point out every single flaw in somebody else, all right? <laughs> uh, what it means is, like, if somebody is sinning and it's going unchecked, they're, they're not repentant of it, and they're not even trying to be. It's, if, it's, if it's another believer, it's really our duty to call them out in love. Call out the truth in love, okay? Don't call out your parents, kids. That might not go well. <laughs> you got to ask yourself, if you're willing to correct somebody, do you love the person? And are you also willing to forgive that person? Those are the things you need to ask yourself before you go to that person. Let's go to verse 4. Even if a person wrongs you seven times a day, and each time turns to you again and asks for forgiveness, you must forgive. Now, if you've been wronged seven times by the same person in one day, I just don't know. That takes a lot. But the Bible tells us we must forgive. Verse 5, the apostles then said to the Lord, this, they said this statement, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense yet, but it will. They said, show us how to increase our faith. They're talking about forgiveness. They're like, well, show us how to increase our faith. Faith, faith. That don't make sense. Okay. The Lord answered, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. We'll get into all that in just a few minutes. Let's pray with me, would you? Lord, we thank you so much for this morning. This is a great day to be in your house. Lord, we're we're never going to take for granted the ability to come into your house and worship together. Lord, uh, to be changed by your word together. And Lord, I pray that today... Uh, you would speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that today you would help us to be changed by your word. Your word is truth. So, Lord, speak to us today. Thank you, God, uh, for this time of worship. Uh, Just change our hearts to be more like you and help us to have a heart for those who don't know you. And that's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello, everyone. Um, Talking about forgiveness. And stuff. I remember one time when I was in Sunday school class over here, I heard this wise phrase mentioned, and I've heard it a couple times, and it stuck with me. You know, even though it can be hard to forgive sometimes, and it takes a lot, even if you're a child or if you're an adult, that can be a hard pill to swallow at times. But this person said this, they said, sometimes 
You have to walk it out. And then let your feelings and emotions catch up with it later. You know, like, God, this person really done me wrong. This person's really hurt me. But you say I have to forgive. Okay, I'm trying to be obedient, Lord, but my feelings are not matching what you're telling me. So I'm going to walk this out in faith by you, and I'm going to trust you to let everything else catch up. Now, that ain't easy. And being in children's ministry sometimes, when you mention stuff about forgiveness or getting angry, it is no telling what you will hear. Some of it is comical. And one of my students one year, we were talking about forgiveness out there. And um, I said, has anybody been wronged? Anybody have something they couldn't forgive somebody for if they got something that they're really struggling with? Well, the hand that popped up was one I was not expecting because they were usually quiet and kind of back in reserve. And they said, well, I got one. I said, okay, let's hear it. My sibling took my brand new iPod and drowned it. And the sibling was sitting right next to the other sibling. I'm like, uh-oh, what have I done in here this morning? It was like it happened all over again. I'm like, well, are you over it? They said, no, I'm not over it. They just ruined my brand new iPod. I'm mad. And I'm like, oh, no. But we got to talk about it. And, you know, and I'm like, and we would talk about all of it. And I, I told them, I said, well, you know, sometimes you still got to kind of forgive them. They said, not today. I don't. I'm like, well, then. But some time passed, and I had a chance to come back to that student again. You know, iPods were gone, cell phones were in, and I asked him one day, we were having lunch together, I said, do you still feel that same way about your sibling? Just for like a split second, you could see it come back over him again. Like, how dare they? You know, they said, yes, ma'am, I'm over it. I realized, you know, it wasn't worth hanging on all that. But it took some time for that person. And even as being adult sometimes, you know, we get hurt too. And kids get hurt just as bad, but on different levels, whether they're picked on at school or by another sibling, or they're going through difficult things. I mean, it's rough for kids, too. You know, and sometimes we have to be that example. And, you know, being an adult, we get wrong sometimes. Forgiveness ain't always sometimes the road we want to take. You know, kind of like how Pastor Brad was talking about earlier. I'm going to get you got me. It's, I'm going to get you back. I'm going to have to one-up the ante here. But, you know, I've had this issue before, and I've heard people talk, you know what? You got wrong so bad as an adult, and what they did hurt, especially when you didn't see it coming. You were deceived, like Pastor was talking about in the first service. You get deceived, and eventually you, you don't see it coming, the deception. You have no idea it's coming until it's happened, and you get hurt. You know, and anybody in here has probably got one of those stories. If I could pass a mic and we could wipe it down between each one, I guarantee you the kids and the adults alike would have something that they could say, something that's bothered them that they've had to work through. And that, that's happened to me. That's happened to my kids out there in the children's ministry, my students, Pastor Brad's students. I'm pretty sure the same thing. But what happened? Yeah, I got wounded. I got deceived. Didn't see it coming. And for a long time, it was hurt. So guess what? When you don't deal with it, you try to put it under the rug, then you get bitter. Because it festers. You're not dealing with it, but you're hiding it. So it just it festers. Kind of every time I would hear that individual's name, I'm like, how dare that name get brought up in front of me? I don't even want to talk about that individual. And one day it was kind of clicked. I could be mad at that person that offended me. They're never going to know I'm mad. So the only person I'm hurting is myself by hanging on to everything. So I said, I pulled the advice I got. I'm like, you know what, Lord, I'm not there yet emotionally. But, Father, you got to help me get there. I'm going to walk this out, and you got to help me get there. I said, because this isn't right. And it's not easy, but eventually it does happen. It takes time. 
you know, Father, I just, I thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you for the service, God. Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would continue to bless Pastor Brad, God, as he brings the remainder of this message, Lord, and that you would bless everyone here, God, and that you would give Pastor and Miss Brenda a great visit and a safe flight, Lord, and we just praise you and give you glory. Amen. Amen. Would y'all give it up for Pastor Nora? We have one of the best children's pastors in the entire country right here at Tuscaloosa First Assembly, so we're so thankful for her, and thank you for that. Let me ask you this. When people offend you, or let me just say this, when people are, uh, wrong you or offend you, it makes you angry, right? Who has made you angry? Like, like real angry, like real, real angry. Maybe they said something to you that hurt your feelings. Maybe they talked bad about you. Does anybody like split you up from a friendship? Or like maybe uh, it could have been a family member or whatever else. I mean, they, they like talk bad about you, made fun of you. Could have been Somebody may not have paid you back, and people get aggressive over money now. I'll just say that. Like maybe they owe you $5. You know, they borrowed it for some McDonald's or something. They still haven't gave you back. Maybe they took advantage of you, lied to you or even hurt you physically or emotionally. Bitterness is what anger turns into when it gets unresolved. Bitterness is what anger turns into and unforgiveness when it's unresolved. I'm gonna get uh, Miss Elise, Pastor Nora to come help me, ask them to help me. Uh, Elise doesn't quite know what she's in for right now. So I didn't quite warn her all the way. Um, I have a cup here. How many of you kids, and I'll say this, kids, you should, probably shouldn't try coffee until you're like in college, okay? Um, it's just one of them things, you know, you can have like orange juice, water, sweet tea, mainly sweet tea, whatever. Um, but I have a thing of coffee. I just want, uh, I'm going to get Elise to take a sip of it. Now, this is my dark roast coffee, and I made it pretty strong. So I just want you to uh, taste that. And tell me what you think. And I got a trash can here. Get a good, get a good, uh, <laughs> get a good, uh, go up there. Do you want to, you want to try some more? <laughs> are you, <laughs> are you sure? Your face says it all. Strong coffee like that, especially when you're not used to it, has a bitter taste to it. Bitter. Now, some people in this room would love to have that. I see Ms. Rhonda up here. And I like your coffee. I do too. Sometimes I crave it in the morning, Right? Uh, that, that bitter taste, it almost like becomes something you enjoy. But, and uh, Pastor Nora is going to help me here. Um, this cup is going to represent people who have hurt us, uh, people who, uh, anger that we've had, uh, relationships that we had that uh, kind of has a uh, spoil and, and broken, and uh, that leave a bitter taste in our mouths. And it's the cup that we, that we choose to drink every morning. But sometimes we add stuff to it. You see, you add a little sugar, maybe a lot of sugar for some of y'all. Some of y'all don't drink coffee. Some of y'all drink uh, creamer and sugar <laughs> with like a, a, a dab of coffee in it. And, and, and you justify the hurt in your life. You say, well, they deserve it. That person that hurts me, I don't deserve to forgive them. I don't deserve to have a relationship with them because you know what? They're not worth it. And so we add, add stuff to the bitter cup to try to make it a little more sweet. And we'll even add some ice here. Uh, Pastor Nora's going to be a barista this morning, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's making this thing good. It's looking good there. And, and they start to add stuff into the cup, sugar, ice, creamer. That looks good. Elise, what do you think about that? You want to try that? 
Go ahead and take a go ahead and take a, a swig of that. Does that taste pretty good? <laughs> Y'all give them a hand. What am I trying to say? What's the point of all this? Bitterness enters into our lives, and when it does, when it goes unchecked, it's a cup that we choose to drink every single day. And a lot of us try to water it down with other things to make it more bearable, but it doesn't take it away from our life. It is still there. And when we choose to hold on to hurt, when we choose to hold on to anger and don't allow God to resolve or resolve it with the other people, it's something that, that continues to work in our life each and every day. I don't like to call students by name, but I have a, I've had a student tell me to my face, I will never forgive my mom. Never. And I'm like, why? You know, there's, you're telling me you can never? No, not for what she did to me. The fact that she was hooked on drugs, the fact that she abandoned us, there's nothing she can do or say to make me forgive her. That root of bitterness festers in his life. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 to 32, it says this. It says, get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of rage, of anger, of harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, here's the transition here. Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as Christ has forgiven you. Pastor t uh, hit on this in first service, and I want to kind of reemphasize it. You know, if you're not keeping up with what's going on in the country, we are totally blinded. But there's division happening in our country right now. You got uh, things that are trying to put us on one side or the other. On one side, we got Black Lives Matter organization. On another side, we got Blue Lives Matter. On one side, we got Republicans. On another side, we got Democrats. On one side, we got this theology. On this side, another. On this side, it's all about wear a mask, wear a mask. On this side, it's all about where's my freedom. And you have to choose which side you're on. And, and by choosing which side you're on, you're automatically against the other side. And it's so clear to me that the enemy is trying to use all these things to try to rip apart and cause division in our very country. Don't we see that? Don't we see one person? You don't even know anything about the other person. All you know is that they think differently than you. And because they think differently than you, because they're a part of this ideology, all of a sudden I'm on this side and I'm on, you're on that side. And what kind of, what does that cause inside of us? Anger. You know, some of us will get angry at people who uh, have a different political party just because they have a different political party, just because they're a part of this or that, just because they believe in abortion or don't believe in abortion, the right to choose. And that causes bitterness to come in within us. All because people think differently. What about divisions in the church? You ever walked the separate side of the lobby to avoid talking to somebody? You ever come to a different service because somebody else is in the other service? Because maybe they said something about you and that hurt. And you never chose to bring reconciliation between you two. And now there's a constant, a constant bitterness. And it may be just one party, and the other party may not be any. 
but you're hanging on to that. You've allowed some, a, a circumstance or a situation, and us as the body of Christ, Jesus has commanded us to forgive, to extend forgiveness. Because every day that we choose not to forgive is a day that we drink the cup of bitterness in our life. And it grows and it grows and it grows. What about our families? Don't we have that one family member? Some of y'all are nudging your brothers or sisters. Come on now. They ain't that bad, are they? But isn't, uh, isn't that the case? Like some people you don't want to invite to the barbecue, invite to the holiday because of what they may say or what they've said in the past. And they're family members, but they're cut off from us because we don't, we don't want to have to deal with their junk anymore, right? They've said, they've done. And not only have they said or done, they've said or done multiple times, right? It's not just a one-time occurrence. A lot of us are mature, mature enough to handle one or two things. But it's been over years, some of us. And we've allowed a wedge to be, draw, uh, to be pushed in between relationships. Oftentimes, you know, I name some of those things, you know, the organizations and different things. And just by naming them, you don't realize that you have prejudice in our hearts. You see, it's one thing to say, I love people of another race. But when, when, when your actions, you've never invited somebody of another race over to your house or out to eat. You know, you don't, uh, you're not intentional about it. Same thing with, uh, you know, how many, it could be a sexual orientation. How many of us have uh, invited, and I know we can't right now with COVID, obviously, uh, but in, that's what, you know what I'm saying? Like, how intentional are, are we about loving people despite our differences? And what we, we don't have to agree with them, but the Bible does command us to love. The last thing I want to talk about is a faith to forgive. And here's where I'm going to really go back and I ask you all to keep those scriptures because now I want to kind of pull them apart a little bit. Luke chapter 17, verses 4 and 5. Even if a person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns to you and asks for forgiveness, we must forgive. The disciples said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. Do you know that it takes a radical faith to forgive a radical hurt? We in and of ourselves cannot do it. So we have to put faith, put our dependence on God in order to do it. And I'm going to show you that in verse Six, the Lord answered, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Why did he use a tree here instead of a mountain? You ever thought about that? Because, you know, there's another version that says, you know, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be cast into the sea. Well, here he's talking about a mulberry tree. What is a mulberry tree? <laughs> you know, some of y'all are like, That's, I don't know what a mulberry tree is. A mountain, you know, God could just level it, give you a smooth path. We can't move a mountain on our own. That's, that's definitely going to take faith. But we can cut down a tree. Some of you have. Axe or a chainsaw or whatever else. But what's left? If you cut down that tree, what's left? A stump and roots. You see, if I, if I were to ask you to uh, pull up a flower or something, you could probably get all the roots. But trees are a little bit different. You go in my backyard, I got about five trees back there. Try to pull up all them roots. It's impossible, right? We can't get the root in and of ourselves, and that's why it takes faith. Because bitterness is a root in our life. And we try to cut it down and get it rid of it on our own. 
But the hurt is so strong and is so radical in our lives that it takes faith in God to be able to uproot, to literally pull the tree up. Mulberry trees, by the way, in case you didn't know, can get up to 30 feet high. And their roots are known to be in deep and wide. And they can live for hundreds of years because of their root system. It's not something that we can pull up on our own. And that's why God uses this example here. He says, look, all you need to depend on me is the, the faith the size of mustard seed. Because some of you are trying to deal with this hurt. Some of you are trying to forgive. You're trying to, to uh, let go of this anger in your life. But it keeps coming back. And the more you think about that person, the more you think about that offense, the more the anger builds up inside of you. And we can't release it because we're hanging on to it like this. And every morning we drink that cup of bitterness. I want to uh, quote Dr. Martin Luther King. He says this, Martin Luther King Jr. We must develop and maintain the, the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. I mean, that's not scripture, but might as well be. Let's <laughs> start Dr. Martin Luther King. There's some good in the worst of us and some evil in the best of us. And when we discover this, we are less prone to hate our enemies. Some of us, uh, like a pastor said, you don't know what you don't know. Like sometimes you don't know that, that you have this in your heart towards people until like truth comes and enlightens you. There are certain people groups, certain ideologies that people have that we are prejudiced against and don't even hardly realize it. But if somebody were to look at the physical parts of our life, and how we interact with people and who we allow into our lives and, and who we love deeply, intentionally, that's when you start to notice, wait, am I really, do I really love like Christ loves? Do I really forgive like Christ forgives? I'm going to close with this. Jesus was on the cross. He had seven statements on the cross. I can just say that all of his statements were important. They were very important. But as he was nailed to a cross, blood gushing from his body, his beard had been plucked. And his first statement on the cross that we know from Scripture was this. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. They didn't even ask for it. Why? Why? Because Jesus wanted to throw off every weight of bitterness in his life. He took a break from dying to forgive those around him because he knew he was going to be raised three days later. And I believe that he didn't want to come forth still being mad, angry, bitter at the people who hurt him. Jesus loved them. Probably didn't like them at the time, but he loved them. He loved them enough to forget them, give them. What roots are still in your life? What have you tried to get rid of, but it still manifests inside of you? I want to read Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 again and look at it. Paul, turns, Paul tells the church at Ephesus, get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of it. Rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as every type of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to one another tenderhearted, forgiving one another. See, a lot of us can be kind to people. We're good with that. We can, uh, we can uh, be tenderhearted. 
but forgive just as Christ forgave you. Today, um, would you bow your heads with me? I do want to ask in this room this morning, the band can come on up. I want to give you the opportunity. Maybe you're here in this room, and I, I want to tell you something. Christ died on that cross to extend forgiveness to us. We don't deserve it. Many of us haven't even asked for it, or maybe we have, but we keep, we keep going against God. And God, is, he has his hands out towards us saying, would you come to me? You don't have to take care of it on your own. You don't have to pull up those roots on your own. But if you can have the faith to come to me, I can handle it. If you're in this room, I don't care if you're five years old, if you're 50 years old or anywhere in between, older than that. Tonight or today, this morning, if you need to make Christ the Lord of your life, I want to pray for you. So if that's anybody in this room, can I just see your hand? Everybody's heads bowed, eyes closed, but would you just raise your hand this morning and say, Pastor Brad, that's me. Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? This is an important, important time, important moment. Here's what I want you to do right where you're at. Let's take a moment, church. Let's, if, if you're saved in the room, if you're believing in God, let's pray for several people raise their hand. If you, while you are in your seat, you don't need me to come in. It, it, it is helpful to have somebody pray for you to help you leave. You don't need me to do that. This is between you and God. So in your seat, pray something with your own words like this. Father, forgive me. Lord, I've messed up. I've made mistakes in my life. But Lord, I believe in you. I believe your son died on the cross for me. I believe he rose again three days later. And from this day forward, I want to commit my life to you. No more going my own way. No more doing my own things. No more going through my own passions. But this morning, God, I completely surrender my life to you. If you will cry out to God this morning, he will meet you where you're at. And you will be saved. The Bible says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Will you call out to him this morning? That's from the youngest to the oldest in the room. He's working in your life. The last thing before we go into worship this morning, you can look up at me. For those who raise your hand, you're more than welcome to come up in just a minute. I know there's not a whole lot of room up here and we have to distance. But if the Holy Spirit was working on your heart this morning, and it, it would take a lot of humility to come up here, let's be honest. Some of us need that though. If there's somebody in your family, somebody in this church or another church, some people change churches from hurt. In another church, maybe it's in this country, people with different ideologies. And you know that there's a, a place in your heart that is not of the Lord. We need to lay that down today. We need to lay that down. And so if you want, you can stay in your seat or you're more than welcome to come up here and kneel or stand somewhere at this altar as long as we're spreading out. And take some time to pray before we go into this last song. Would you stand with me? If that's you, you can come now. You're more than welcome to come now during worship. If you raise your hand to accept Christ, you're more than welcome to come down. Just as a, a, a statement of saying, God, I'm, I'm serious. This, today is the day I give my life to you. You're more than welcome to come down. And we'll end service here in just a minute, but we're going to sing this morning. And just praise God that he's working on our lives. And, and pray God to God that he will help illuminate those things inside of us 